Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're measuring flicks A United Airlines jet lands in Los Angeles Launching the biggest entertainment airlift in motion picture history The world's press, some 300 newsmen from four continents Arrive for the Hollywood premiere of Stanley Kramer's It's a man, 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 man. There was a certain amount of money buried down in this park. Now, I suggest that we quietly get into our cars, and then when we get down there, we dig up the money, providing that there is some money there. There's only one way to figure it, and that is every man for himself. And so begins the maddest, wildest, zaniest chase ever filmed as our merrymakers race across country by land, by sea, by air. For somewhere, there's a fortune in buried treasure. Which one of our Mad World comedy stars will be the first to reach it? The world's critics go stark raving mad, mad, mad. The wildest chase comedy on record, raved the New York Journal American. A smash has more laughs than any other comedy in the history of the screen, raved the Los Angeles Herald Examiner. It's a man, 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 You can't afford to miss this. Wildest comedy ever filmed, added the Boston Record American. Everything you've heard is true. It's the biggest entertainment that ever hit the screen with laughter. Wild and hilarious all the way. It's a mad, 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 mad world is everything its extravagant title suggests, says the New York Times. A wham-doodle, humdinger, stemwinder, said the New York World Telegram and Sun. Great Britain's Manchester Guardian applauded with exuberant, exhilarating, triumphant. Marvelous, wild, prodigious slapstick, exclaimed the New York Post. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Measuring Flicks. I'm Carl Hartley. And I'm Max Peterson. And we are going into the middle of November and the beginning of December. We are... Yeah! <laughs> it's time travel city here at Measuring Flicks. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we didn't really talk much about uh, how we picked the movies that we're going to pick for this month. We sort of have alternated back and forth. Um, like Carl picked all the movies for this month. We yeah. split up December. I picked all the movies for January. Um, mostly, I picked things kind of at random because when we decided to do this, it was twenty twenty. It was like the one of the bumpier bits of twenty twenty, and I'm like, like coming out of the second quasi quarantine. <laughs> like I'd already gotten the Rona. Like right. weird shit. So we were just like, <laughs> I was looking on Criterion, and I'm throwing out names of anything that looked vaguely good. Carl, bless you. You say you maintain some semblance of, uh, you know, theme for the month. So you picked um, one Thanksgiving movie for November, which yep. excellent. And then the rest of them are all kind of like road movies. Ish, yeah. Ish. Road beast movies. Well, you know, because of Corona, <clears throat> not going anywhere. I figured starting with planes, trains, and automobiles, which is kind of a road buddy movie. Mm. Why not keep on that theme and like live vicariously through people that are outdoors with other human beings and traveling together? <laughs> yeah, seeing sometimes with a mouthful of chrome, sometimes without. Seeing yeah, seeing um more than one person in a car and none of them have masks on is is a different experience. It's, this it's really <laughs> nice people exchanging like pieces of things that they have touched, food, drink, right, right out of the same bag, right? Same yeah. bag of chips, not a qualm. It's not even, yep, same. Not even a, 
Same, Area worry. same stick of beef jerky, and they're not even <laughs> flipping sides. They're just both right. just biting off the bit end, and you're like, ah. All right. <laughs> a simpler age. <laughs> 19. <laughs> um, so one, what we're talking, the movie we're talking about today, I, I think this is going to be an interesting episode, Carl. We are talking about 1963's It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, directed by Stanley Kramer. Um, I had to look him up. He's he's done another couple of uh, another couple films like the tri- I think one of his famous ones is called The Trials at Nuremberg or something like yeah. that. He's done a lot of like serious war type stuff. The only one that I had heard of was Guess Who's Coming to Dinner is his other famous With one. Sydney Poitier and um Right. So let me company. let me read you the cast to this movie. All 115,000 no, people. No, no. I didn't have enough ink in all the pens in my house to write down the Just full Just the cast. main cars. Yeah, the, I'm going to write down the, the name. Ten, the, the big ten. The only names I wrote down were the ones that I knew. Even if they were like main players, I skipped them unless I knew the names. So here's here are the people that I care about who are in this movie. Ever, yeah, we'll talk about it. Uh, Milton Berle, Buddy Hackett, Ethel Merman, Mickey Rooney, Jonathan Winters, Jim Jim Bacchus. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Devine A lot of distinct voices in this Oh there come. sure are uh, Buster Keaton makes a cameo as Jimmy the Crook He even does one of his like classic Buster Keaton bits In this film We've got Don Knotts We've got The Three Stooges Jimmy Durante And in a fairly amazing role uh, Carl Reiner aka R.I.P. first of all And aka yeah. Mel Brooks's best friend um, Peter Falk is in this too Columbo himself. C- Columbo himself. There isn't just one more thing. <laughs> There's not one more thing. He's just saying retarded. It whim. It will. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> <laughs> being cringy as fuck. I the reason I think the reason he didn't ask for one more thing is because this movie had one more thing. Oh man, one too many times. Um. All right, right off the top, Carl. Do we yeah. do we both agree that this movie is about? two hours too long yeah man this should be a stunt reel with a couple of like funny bits thrown in it should be an oh episode of television god. oh my god man this was a long fucking it's a, movie it's bloated is one way to say it uh bloated is like the word that's circled all over this page in front of me the movie's like a carousel with the same jokes and it just whips back around but occasionally the people change places in whatever horse or or buggy that they're in, right. but it's the same fucking carousel going around and around. Like, oh, there's a new person in the car. Oh, there's another person. Oh, I know that person. Oh, it's the same carousel, though. It's not just the same. It's the same music, it's not, too. It's not just like the same carousel of jokes. Sometimes it's like the same joke. And they just, you know that like beating a dead horse thing? Oh, I have a, no- a note of beating the dead horse. We're going to continue to beat the fair share horse nine more times. Dude, somebody is just like... Any anything that was funny, right? And anything in this movie that got a chuckle or got a laugh out of me, and there are bits. This is actually, there some, sure are some of this is very funny, but every time they get a laugh, it's almost like the the director like heard me giggle and then came back on to Do just it milk it. Like <laughs> here we go, could we make him laugh again? And then it's that thing where you, you you've shot four times and you're like, this just this is uncomfortable now. Can we stop? And he's like, no, I know you got one more in you, sailor. And exactly. you're like, you gotta back off, bud. <laughs> I'm developing like like blood clots from how oh, <laughs> how hard I you're working this right now. Blood clots from listening to Mama scream. 
consistently God. through this entire movie. And the same bit, the same shtick the entire time. No one is listening to me because I'm the mm. one that's screaming all the time, but you won't listen. Let me get an ed- let me get a word in edgewise. See, like, oh Mama filled up the aneurysm in my brain. I got <laughs> blood clots just from sitting on my couch for fucking 18 and and straight hours. Dude, that's like... 161 minutes is the playtime on Amazon Prime. When you are on a, a plane ride that long, you gotta get up and walk around or you're yeah. gonna die of an infarction man like this is i gotta say though yeah i gotta say though yes, this yes. is gonna live in a very special place on my shelf this is the carl has coronavirus and is isolated and needs to take a three and a half hour nap <laughs> pop this bad boy on i'm a happy boy because it's just it's just there's nothing offensive well besides the casual racism and sexism and 60s irksomeness but as far as there's not like blood and guts and gore there's not a whole it's like it's, it's a playful experience. It's something you can put on and just like snooze. It's just culturally <laughs> offensive rather than sensorially offensive. Exactly. Right. It's, it's not viscerally offensive. Sure. A black man lands into the arms of a statue of Abraham Lincoln. Let's yeah. just say that's. That does happen. <laughs> that is a thing that happens. Um, and we also get the old Beverly Hillbillies podunk. Black people in the truck moment earlier in the. Film. I done told you we should never move to California. Yeah, it's kind of. Yep. Anywho, <laughs> so was, there. Yeah, so we we took a we took a good little shit on it right at the beginning, yeah. which is a good a nice start. But absolutely, I do also have to say this. I I liked a lot of this too. Yeah, me too. I, I think you're. <laughs> I think you're right about. It is too. It's way too fucking long. It's yeah. way too. Cut it's, an hour and a half, and I think this movie is a classic. I could cut this. I could cut this to one twenty. No problem. This is so full of bloat. It's it's unreal. And I have a I have a paragraph that kind of talks about that. But I want to say something nice about this film too, and that is this. This is some of the best stunt work I've ever seen in a movie. Like period. Hard stop. Hard stop. And there's no a reason. Caveat. Like. For the '60s, like no, no, through today, through every every time, yeah. It, it, w- one of the wildest things that I read about this online was in the United States at this time there were um, eighty or no, there were a hundred stunt people working. There, that was like how many stunt people there were in the U.S. Eighty of them worked on this film, yeah, and. All of them are doing really top tier work. The stunt driving, I mean, obviously it's a it's a lot of it's like a road chase. The mm-hmm. stunt driving is insane. The physical comedy, the or the the physical stunt comedy, like the the fire escape and the fire yes. ladder and all of the pratfalls, the massive set destruction, like the, yeah, I was falls. gonna say the huge fist fight that tears down a truck stop. That, like, yeah, that gas station destruction. It just <laughs> the way. That 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 is all impeccable. The stunt work in this is unimpeachable. I have nothing bad to say about any of the stunts. The airplane work, the stunt piloting is it's insanity. There are moments in this movie where you are like you clutch your couch arms so hard that you're going to rip fabric because the stunt pilots are just going ape shit. Yes. Um there are two really tight fly-throughs, which are incredible. One through the the one through the billboard, I had to rock back and watch like seven times. I'm like, is this legit? Yeah, they're flying through a billboard. I found a little um, I found a little like clip of someone discussing how that stunt was done, and the clear I think the clearances on either side of the wings was like it was like two feet or something on either side because it had to look really tight. Um, the the billboard was made of like super thin balsa wood. Like you, you know, the like really kind of crappy 
Um, like those little airplanes. That yeah, you yeah, build? like comp- yeah. yeah, yeah. The air, like that's <clears throat> what that billboard was made out of. They practiced with paper, like they make, covered it with paper and had him do fly-throughs. Um, the day of the stunt, the, the I can't remember his first name, but the the pilot's name is Tallman. That's his last name. And given the fucking cojones on this guy, they named him while he was lying down because he flies the fuck through some balsa wood. You can see it in the shot. Some of the balsa wood hooks up into one of the props. It killed yeah. one engine and left the other one so badly damaged that the plane barely made it back to um, the the local airport. I think it's like John Wayne International. But Jesus, that's, man. Dude, that's fucking crazy. They, they just sort of like... This is 1963. That was something Bird pointed out. She watched the first um, 20 hours of this movie with me. Mm-hmm. She didn't finish yeah. that, you know, the tail end. <clears throat> Somehow Danielle made it through like 95%. You're shitting me. Really? No, she did, yeah. <laughs> what a trooper. Um, but Bird pointed out, she's like, this is 63. So they're not, most of the shit, they're not like strapped in. They're not, there's no, no. harnesses tying these people down. This is just Wild West stunt work going well because you can see it in, in a lot of modern movies especially i forget what i was watching recently i think it was a, a like a roger moore james bond sure where uh, like a like a couple of stunt cars rock into each other and for like three frames you can see the driver and wearing like a like a racing helmet and in a whole like set there's not a moment in this where you don't look in the vehicles after a wreck or a turnover where it isn't just somebody <laughs> like fucking oh my god that was like that was a boots. I think it's only like really tight editing that keeps us from seeing like people dragging themselves out of cars with only like one arm now and like missing eyes and shit. The numbers they don't share with you is at the time of filming 100 (laughs) stuntmen working, 80 in this film. After this film, 42 stunt people working. There were 42 people, 42 stunt people working in the U.S. after this film. After a mad, 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 mad. 22 of them had worked on the film. Jeez, man. Yeah, that's like USS Indianapolis numbers, dude. This film, like, but but these are consummate professionals too. Like, one of my favorite plane stunts is in, it's amazing because you can tell that the way that it's shot, it's I there's no way it's a composite shot because you can see the wind blow on the dudes. If it's a composite shot, it's one of the better ones I've ever seen. And it's when Carl Reiner's character, I stunt double obviously, but like old man, is standing on the outside of the tower, and that fucking. That twin engine's flying in, and it's, like, whipping back and forth. And it 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 swings, like, the belly towards the tower, and it clips a wingtip past this dude. It's it's probably a good, like, maybe eight feet away. Yeah. But when you're talking about, like, a multi-ton twin-engine airplane hauling ass past you. And it's you, rocking back and forth like crazy as shit. Yeah, show. man. Like, wingtip oh. eight feet from an exposed person on a tower is terrifying that stunt is incredible and then you get the motherfucker falling off the tower afterwards you get like a a hard bungee fall it's amazing they're stacking stunt work on stunt work you're totally right this movie could just be a stunt reel um so well it is the movie is a stunt reel with a bunch of unnecessary like sketch comedy yes yeah a hundred percent you even cut out two of the cars Cause I don't only I only give a fuck about Buddy Hackett and uh, and and um, what's his name? Uh, and Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney. So, up in the airplane, yeah. Like that, you, that's cool. You can't lose and the I, airplane bits because Jesus Christ, I mean, dude. The like yeah. flipping the plane upside down, like. But Mama and so, but if you don't have Mama, you don't have the one of the most incredible scenes ever shot on film, which is the first time we meet her son Sylvester, and he's <laughs> dancing his ass dude, off. The dancing. The dancing lady, 
with like the totally impassive face. Shit. The listener can't see. They're just wondering why no. I'm out of breath all of a sudden. But I she, know. they're both she, dancing. In the- they're like, oh god, they really did get blood clots watching this movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like her like power twist, where she's like she's doing the twist, but at like. It's like you accidentally threw a, threw a record on at 78 RPMs. Like, yes. she's doing that. And it's also, she's only moving, like, three inches side to side. It's amazing. And then, meanwhile, Sylvester's, like, down on the ground, Miley Cyrus, like, twerk humping the air around her. Wearing the shortiest shorts ever. He's And he's just made of cocaine, for sure. Oh, my sure. God. There's, it's just, they are <laughs> laced with cocaine. Their bodies are more... The the way they're all spaced out, they seem like like LSD cocaine party is what mom is calling in the middle of. Because Sylvester just being like, yeah, yeah, baby. Yeah, twist it, twist it. Ah, chica, ah. He's like. (laughs) Hey, baby, do you hear bells ringing? (laughs) Dude, they are two of my favorite characters. Speaking of like low key stunt work. Tossing that telephone like 15 feet into that dude's hand with no one busting a finger. That was pretty sweet. Honestly, the telephone toss was impressive to me. I was like, damn, that was cool. (laughs) That's a heavy. It looked like a a cold catch, too. Like he wasn't sure it was coming. And they just like. Oh, yeah. Like she just like sprung it on him and just chucked a telephone at him, which is probably what you'd do if you were all cracked out and had been doing the twist for, you know, three and a quarter hours. Jesus. To the just the one side of one album they just keep right. playing. <laughs> it's a forty five that they just yeah. have on repeat. It's a single. It's just a single yep. of like the, the trogs or something. Um yeah, those honestly you can't do without those characters. But here's so here's the thing, listener, if you haven't seen this, here's the plot. Some people are driving along and a car comes and crashes incredibly. It's amazing. Just shot right out there. It just it just, it just shot, shot right, right out there. Shot right out. It just woof. S- sailed, just sailed right out there. Oh, that's right, just sailed just right out there. Sailed right out there. <laughs> um, by the way, like Don Knotts kills it. That's like, <laughs> uh, he does put upon very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the basic plot is this: this car just sails right out there. It crashes. Everybody who's in this caravan of like just people out for a weekend or whatever the fuck go down into this valley, and there's a guy who's been thrown from the car and he's dying. And <laughs> there, come on, this is a funny line too. Like, are you hurt? Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> is, is he kidding? He got thrown from a car, yeah. Yeah, he got thrown from a car. He just fell like 450 feet into a ravine. He's pretty much going to be dead here in a second. Are you? Is he hurt? Is he kidding? Um, <laughs> so it's a it's a dying criminal, and they're like, he's like, shut up, Ever- no, you guys can't save me. I'm dying. But listen to me. There's money buried under a big W, and they man, they hammer that W home. Yep, they sure do. They, they want to make sure you know it's a big W. Yeah, and which is pointless because when we get there, they just remind us like forty-five more times that yep. it's a big W we're looking for. And Did then, they say it was a big W? A big W. Which letter was that? Which was it a was it a W? <laughs> you know, you're like, yeah, I got it. It's under a big W. Which, by the way, everyone is right behind you. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But the dude's like, there's $350,000 in a... And by the way, that's how much this movie cost. No, that's not how much this movie cost. This movie, Bird and I, Bird and I did the math, and it co- ended up costing $9 million, okay. and it made back forty-six. Ooh, it did well. I wanted... Well, did it? That's five. That's a five-times return... Five-time return on its money. So, yes, I suppose it. It that is like a big success. I know people love this movie. It's got gr- it's some it's a lot of people's favorite movie. It's got r- like huge Rotten Tomato ratings. It's doing mm-hmm. great on IMDb. And watching it, I'm just like, I don't. S- 
I have a theory, but we'll get to that in a bit. So the basic plot basically is this guy's like, there's $350,000 in a trunk buried down near the Mexican border of California, um, or, you know, the, the California-Mexico border. Mm-hmm. So you guys got to head south, dig it up. There's plenty there to split. Uh, and then he dies. But then he's alive again. And then oh. he dies. And then you the- know what? The the entire movie, like the tone and what we have to deal with for the whole movie is set yeah. up here. It's the same. It's a joke that goes on a little bit too long. It starts funny. Right. Then it kind of hits again. And then it does. It's, and then we're in the scene a little bit too long. Right. And then it goes on a little bit too long again. And then it's finally over. This first scene is literally the entire movie. Yeah, you can see what the whole if you if you if you just blow it out from here, if you just extrapolate this, this yeah. is the whole film. It's like you're exactly right. It's the scene that does its work and then lingers until you're so sick of looking at it that literally anything else is a welcome change. And then it's mm-hmm. bing and then you get to the next scene and there's 40 cameos, which every cameo we need to like Oh, look who it is. The the only cameo that I thought worked for me because it was so brief and it was never called back was the Three Stooges as Fireman. Because ne- you're waiting for that to pay off and it never does. That's, I like that about it. Like, he, oh my God, it's the Stooges and they're firefighters. Oh, this is going to go bad. Right. But then and it, then you never see them It again. never comes back. I just like that sort of like, bang, look, we just showed you. That's because honestly, out of the Three Stooges, that's kind of all I need. You want to talk about royalty? Like, sure, I love Don Knotts, but seeing the Three Stooges, man. Seeing Buster Keaton and the Three Stooges in this, you're like. So anyway, they all decide that they're going to every man for himself. We're going to race down there. Whoever digs it up first gets the money. And the whole rest of the movie is a race to get the money. That's the plot. That is not enough of a plot to hang almost three hours on. Well, it's three and a half hours, but it's two. Isn't it two forty nine? No, one hundred and sixty minutes. One hundred and sixty. So that's sixty one twenty. 180 well, it'd be 180 would be three hours so it's i'd say three and a half anyway so, i don't do math good <laughs> we're learning today uh, um that's dude uh, it felt like three and a half hours. that's what i'm saying yeah like we've been making like the joke and her length in fact my last 20 notes are just this movie has more blank than blankety blank this movie has more nurse than nerpadersh <laughs> we'll get there later so here's but. here's the saddest part of this movie for me which which is this I started out loving it. Like yeah, me too. it charmed me with its old movie uh, sensibilities. Like the movie begins Ooh. with a theme song. This movie has its own theme song. Like it's a mad, 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 mad world or whatever the fuck, you know? And they, it's this long thing. It's orchestrated. There's multiple parts, vocal harmonies. It is a full theme song and they play it for you over a black screen as yep. an overture, right? Yep. Tr- traditionally, this would be when the lights are coming down, people are getting they to their seats. They did in every Charlton Heston biblical movie ever. Right. Ten Commandments, Ben-Hur, it's that you get that. Everyone's getting seated with their popcorn. You know the movie's starting. It's a black screen. You get the the orchestra playing the theme of the movie. Right, right. Yeah. So it, I I liked it. I liked the overture because I'm like, this is – it took me back to Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. It took oh, me yeah. back to – you know, like those movies – that you watched when you were a kid that were themselves throwbacks to like that big Hollywood age. Mm-hmm. I love the overture. And then you get this cool, um, uh, it's, you get that, like, first of all, the green tone was awesome to go from black to that, like green, like that weird green tone painting drippy mm-hmm. thing. I'm like, this is in the sixties. You can tell man, like it's early sixties. We're not into like hippie times yet, but some of that sensibility is creeping in some of that Roger yep. Corman, 
weirdness is coming in, and I liked it. Then you get that that Pink Panther style cartoon. Yep, and loved it. Yeah, un- until wow, ooh, that um, so the, the cartoon goes on for like a really long time. It really does. So yeah. I was charmed by the overture because that is a throwback. That's a, that's a holdover from an older time. So you give that a pass because that served a function, right? There was a yep. reason that was in there. So you're like, okay, you have to give that a pass. That's just how movies had to be made. Yeah. And then the opening credits come, and you're like, oh, cool cartoon, right on. And it's like, it feels like like six minutes of that cartoon, and you're like, I really kind of just want to watch the movie now, you know? Yeah. Like, well, it feels long because we already had the overture, which normally would have been like the pre-title sequence, and then we have a secondary overture now with cartoon and title cards. Yeah. And this... So it's like, oh, I feel like we've done this already. And I'm pretty sure it's just like an instrumental version of that it is. theme song. It's the same. It's the exact same theme song. But except. now they're just doing it with strings. So you end up with like a 12 minute long intro with really nothing to look at, honestly. Because look, a cartoon is fun, but when it's just a cartoon like showing you people's names creatively, basically they force you to watch a closing credit crawl at the beginning of this film. That was the 60s too. I mean, that was. Every James Bond movie did that. Right, but in the James Bond movies, they give you something compelling to watch. Like, actually, James Bond movies became partially famous for their opening credit sequences yeah, no, because absolutely. they were risque. The like, Bender title sequences. Talk like, about, yeah, talk about a movie taking, like a ha- taking a handicap and turning it into a strength right there. Like, right. oh, we have to start with an opening credit. And Pink credit Panther, crawl. you already said it. They did that even better. Right. Like Edwards and his team. Yeah. Right, and this is just like... Not that this, is, this does not work that way. It's too it long. It starts that way though, and it's charming. Like, oh fuck, it's like a, it's like a Pink Panther or whatever, and right. then it goes on for four and a half minutes too long, and that is this movie in a nutshell. So we mentioned this movie. I as as we were watching, Bird and I, or as Bird and I were watching this, I was talking about the overture, and I'm like, oh, I, I wonder if this movie will have an intermission. Have you ever seen that in old flicks where? A movie will literally put an intermission in the middle, and it's you go to the bathroom, you get your popcorn or whatever. Usually for modern releases, they leave the intermission in, but they cut it short. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember back in the day when you'd get shit on VHS just because they were working off the film the print. The two-taper? Yeah. Well, they w- and they wouldn't trim the intermission because they they just all they were doing was putting the film print on like a tape for yep. you. So I remember – it was making me think of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang because it does kind of have that vibe, you know, the big mm-hmm. spectacle movie with very obvious soundstage work, beautifully shot. That's another thing I cannot cannot take anything away from this movie. This movie looks great. Oh, my God. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah, the color is insane. It's so beautifully shot. It's well-framed. The people who made it knew what they were doing. There's just too much movie here mm-hmm. is the only problem. Like, I can't – the stunts are amazing. The acting we'll talk about. The but like it is shot great. The sound design is pretty also great. Like I, I have no real problems with the technical aspects of this movie. No, it's all say, creative. It's structurally, issues. it's dynamic. It's engaging to look at. It's it's well, all it's beautiful. It my, really is. I do have some problems with the structure too. But again, they come oh, back down to like the pu- the puffiness. Just, exactly. Um. So yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know this. Uh, I thought the beginning, the early parts of this movie were really funny. Like, I liked the he's dead, he's back gag. When the cop comes down, the way that they give that cop the runaround, like the actual dialogue, that's all really well written. Cause they are, it's really good because they are all communicating with, with each, each other. other. That, 
we don't want to and they all come to the same conclusion like at the same time non-verbally right and what they're saying is so brilliant both to the cop and communicating to the other strangers that they just met what they are intending to do and they're like it's fucking brilliant the non-committal their answers are so non-committal to this cop where yeah. they're like did he say anything oh he was just he was you know he was just rambling nonsense he was rambling, rambling just a bunch nonsense. of nonsense so he's like what but what did he say who can say <laughs> you know like it's, it's right, like yeah. it's like lines like that it's it was real i thought that was really funny also when the old man dies there was a couple moments in, in the early part of this movie where i had high hopes that it was going to be Blazing Saddles or Airplane or something like that. When the guy kicks the fucking bucket down Literally the hill. Kicks the bucket. That's that was pretty funny. I that's thought that was pretty damn. I'm like, all right, here we go. Cause because that's a type of movie, you know? Like, and yep. then you know what you're in for. And honestly, this movie is that movie, just poorly edited. You know what I mean? Yep. Um again, like I'm looking at my early notes and I can't I can't wait to watch stunt driving. Man, that that stunt driver nailed that hat on a swerve. That sharp driving. Right out the gates, this movie really establishes that it is that the stunts are what you're going to be here for. Yes. And then as the movie goes on, it the stunts can't maintain the weight you know, it's like they're making they're making a bridge, and they made that bridge too fucking long that's, for the supports. That's just it. I, the the note I have about that is, th- this movie is like a real life Looney Tunes cartoon. But even after three and a half fucking hours of Bugs Bunny, he's boring. Like, there's right. only so much Roadrunner you can take before right. you're like, man, I gotta get a little something else going on. This is just the same. Where it works in Looney Tunes because it's a two and a half minute thing. You're like, oh my god, that was hilarious. Oh my god, he fell through. Oh my god. You can only watch Looney Tunes for so long. Yeah. That's totally true, man. Like, eventually you turn it to something else or you go outside and play because you can only watch Slapstick for so long. What I I think, go ahead. um, What I was going to say is that what I think this movie is, this movie is sort of aiming at another film. Um, this movie is a Buster Keaton film, and I think that's why he's in it, and I think that's why mm-hmm. he does a traditional bit and why Stanley Kramer was so insistent that that he be in here. I mean, the Stooges them the Stooges are another example of this. Physical comedy. Yeah. They do stunt comedy. They do ladder falls. They do I got hit in the head with a bucket. They do I you know, like it's it's comedy that is also exciting to watch because it's dangerous a little. Right. And no one does that better than Buster Keaton. The mo- think about the movie The General, where he's doing unprotected stunt work on a train, on a moving train that's flying down the tracks. He's running on the back of a train. He's riding on like the, the support beam between the train wheels yes. as the train's moving. That's insanely dangerous, but it's also hysterically funny. This movie is like an homage to that era of filmmaking. And... Mm, now, because- man, you know what it's like? What's it like? It's like if if you wanted if you loved the big Charlton Heston biblical sagas. Right. But your favorite part of Ben-Hur is the chariot race. Right. And so you decide to make a movie like that, but all you shoot is just the chariot race. That's a really good way. That's a really good way to an- analogize this movie. I think you're totally right because one of the things I was thinking is because all the pieces are there. When you mentioned, but it's just the 
It's just the it yeah, it's like um if you tried to take like a big Russian novel and you just took out like the the few action sequences. I, there aren't yeah. really any, but like if you just took your favorite parts out and then copy and pasted them over and over and thought that you were gonna have a brilliant Russian novel at the end. If James Bond was just on the train for all of From Russia with Love, it wouldn't be as incredible as it no, is. It w- uh, so we're talking about the length of this movie, but when you mentioned, oh, at the beginning of all those Charlton Heston epics, and I'm thinking about some of these other movies that I watch when I'm young that are three, Kurosawa's Seven Samurais, like three yeah, hours and long. change, you know? Um, Cloud Atlas is like, I think, 59. <laughs> oh, my God. It's four and a half hours I mean, long, the extended this, cut. This is no shit. joke, man. Blade Runner gets three hours on some cuts. There's, like... a, there's a movie on the Criterion channel, kind of a movie, kind of like a series or set of, of film things. But, like, this movie to me, there's a movie on there called Berlin, a film project on there called Berlin Alexanderplatz. It's 15 hours long. And it's fucking riveting. You know, like... But it's riveting because it's grand in scale and epic. This movie is so small and minute in scale, presented as being epic. You know what I mean? Like, there's a the reason that you can watch Ben Hur all the way through, or watch. We have Cleopatra on DVD right mm-hmm. downstairs. Like, we're planning to watch that movie. It's like, a yearly watch for me on Ben Hur. My sister and I grew up with that. We love it. We loved it when we were kids, and it's a three and a half hour set. Right. And the reason that you sit for three and a half hours is because that's how long it takes to tell that story. Story. You know the what I mean? Story. Right. Yes. This story does not demand this amount of time. Will like, they or won't they get to the money? Who will get to the money first? Right, right. Like we're we're tomorrow. We're not tomorrow. <laughs> after, <laughs> after this episode, but tomorrow for the listener. Tomorrow you're gonna hear Carl and I talk about another film, another road movie, the next one in the sequence. It's called Duel. Um, we've both already seen it, but we're not we're not gonna talk about it on the show. But like, Duel is a perfect example of how you do just car chase for like an hour and thirty minutes on the fucking dot, and yep. it's perfect. It's 90 minutes. Yeah. yeah, dude. It's in, it's out. But when you're doing, when that's what you're doing, when you're filming a car chase, that's all you need. Because you can't, yeah. it's too much marzipan. There, there's, I'm borrowing fucking phrases from This is the thing. The this, is, this is the only bit that I'll, that I'll pepper in here about Duel. The difference is yeah. Duel could be shown in 20 minutes. It's, it should it should only be a 20-minute movie because that's how long a car chase is interesting for. Right. But what Duel does differently is it gives you different things throughout. It doesn't just keep it at 10 the whole fucking time. It backs off the race, and you have other things to do. The same is true here, but it's always at a 10 or an 11. Also, there's no, like, once you hit 10, you're at 10. It would be fun to compare the two, actually, which I think we'll probably do in the next episode. But um, what I was just thinking is one of the other things that differentiates this film from Duel, or, or what Duel does to distance itself from films like this, I think Duel actually has a powerful metaphorical underpinning. It actually mm. it's a that's a car chase movie that has a powerful so- social message in it. This one is trying to too. It's about American greed, uh, greed and right, but like it, it's that it's that like kind of hammers that horse like over and it, over again. It really too. does. Like you can only be like. Okay, so if we cut into this many shares and you get one share per and you have a share for the car and a share for the wife and a share for you and a share for going down in the bitch and then we goes and then you'll get 15,640 like I understand what you're saying that they're all so obsessed with greed that they're going to be consumed by it and let me guess now that we're what 15 minutes into the movie I'll bet you no one ends up with the money at the end. Right. Like 
I don't need to sit here for this long for you to tell me that like greed will blind you and make you make it so that you end up with nothing. Like when you when you become a a wild-eyed slave to greed, everyone ends up empty-handed. That's an after-school commercial. That's not a 3-hour yep. and 90 minute movie, man. Like what in the fuck? <laughs> like you could have you should have ended this you know film what's with crazy? the movie. This is 1963. Know? The movie itself is Ugh. playing that part of bloated greed it's greedy with your time and asking you to sit for three hours right to watch it talk so about it's like, an irony like this like yeah. bloated bloviating nine million dollar spectacle as many fucking mgm darlings in here as we possibly can by the yeah. way i oh shit i took a picture of it hold on man for one second yeah okay well, that's just it go ahead so when this when when uh i decided to watch the trailer right um, the trailer's I'm, five and a half minutes long. The trailer's great. If you want, if you want to know what this movie's about, skip this movie and just watch the trailer. I don't know if this will flip backwards for you, but Carl, can you can you read or see that at all? No. A lamb doodle humdinger. Stem. <laughs> it says it, it's the New York World Telegram and Sons review of this film. A lamb doodle humdinger stemwinder. <laughs> Wowzer, dude, that's. Seriously, watch the trailer. You can watch it on Voodoo. It's linked to the movie. Or you can watch it on YouTube. The trailer is like five minutes long. The trailer is exactly what this movie is, too. Here, trailer comes up. An MGM production. Come and watch Stanley Kramer's new film. The film everyone's talking about. The film is called It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Now, we're going to sing you some of the theme song as I tell you more about Stanley Kramer's new film. It's a mad, 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 mad world. Audiences are loving Stanley Kramer's. And we haven't seen like a frame of the fucker yet. You know, you're like 45 minutes into someone screaming at shouting you. the movie yeah at just you. shouting not even shouting the movie there is no, no movie the yet. title and the director of the movie right <laughs> it's like it is utterly like you know this guy's name he's famous look at all these famous people that are in it come and give us your dollars it's a movie about and don't greed. they do the don't they do the like the the roll call during the featuring don nuts yes Sid caesar right yeah Carl reiner right they th- yeah they're just chucking names out like the three stooges like the anything they can do to get you to give them money and then you go and watch the movie, and it's all about how greed is bad and destructive. Dude, you know, tip of the cap though for being if they were hiding in plain sight. They, well, if they were new, if they knew in what they were doing, and they were like funny games in us on this, then bravo. Uh, but see, it's too long to even if they're trying to be smart, it's not gonna. It's no, not smart enough to it, last that long. No, when the closing joke is literally slipping on a banana peel, you know you've gone a bridge too far. Right. This movie, yeah, this is just, this is like, you. they tried to jump the shark, but the, it took so long to get to the shark that the sharks, like, left. They're not around. <laughs> sharks, sharks don't die of old age, but this one did. It's, it's had to stop swimming for too long, waiting yep. for them to jump it. So it died. <laughs> it developed a heroin addiction. Right. And then, started watching reruns of Charles in Charge, just... <laughs> Fucking and, itself with its fin. Just. And now this all happened at the one hour mark. And then the last two and a half hours of the middle of this movie is them just like looking at a dead shark and then beating it from time to time to see if they can get a reaction out of you. It's fucked. Yep. You know the word- and I got to say, I think it bears repeating. I think the first 45 minutes or so of this movie are brilliant and had me in it. I agree. I have several notes where I'm like, was it because I was super high for the first like <laughs> – I pretty much took a day intermission at intermission because I was just I was tired. I tried to get this all done on, in one night, 
and I I watched Duel, and then I started watching this and just didn't have the energy. So I I'm watched- like, all right, well, this is a good place. Came back 24 hours later. I'm like, am I watching a different movie? I watched this Pretty Toasted as well, and I don't think that is a contributing factor because I, I also loved the first 45 minutes. Yes, obviously they were better because they had a little weed in me, dude. Like watching car stunts for 45 minutes while you're high and and the movie's so simple and stupid that you don't even really have to pay attention to the plot because it's no. non-existent. And I will say that even the first the first conversation we have with all of them about the breaking up of the shares is a brilliantly written and acted scene. It is, and it's, it, it is goes funny. On, it's very funny. It goes on a little bit too long, but it's one of those... Yeah, sorry. It's one of those scenes where you're just like, how the, how are they keeping shit straight? How is Sid Caesar keeping all of this weird dialogue in his brain? Dude, that, yes. Okay, there. The scene is boring, right? It is. You can't, it's just math. It's math for like 10 minutes. They are going, yep. they beat this horse to death. But I will not fault any of these actors because that is very difficult dialogue. And it's, yeah. and they are doing a hell of a job. Like, it's Sid Caesar that's breaking up the shares, right? Yep. So Sid Caesar, and he's the one that gets caught in the basement with his wife for. Sid Caesar is doing like hilariously complicated uh, accounting, essentially. He's breaking mm-hmm. things up using like really hardcore fractions, and it is so funny for about two minutes. Yeah. But I'm telling you, like, I, I loved that performance because he's like ripping that math to pieces. He's doing so good reciting numbers, decimals, shares. It's hysterical. But then they just can't let it go. No, they keep it. Uh, yeah, it's so frustrating. Like I feel like can that. I, <laughs> no, go can ahead. I share? Can I share some of my laundry list uh, notes at, towards the end of my notes? Please, because do, I feel yeah. like. All right. So one of my notes is just in all caps. God damn it! Shut up! And I must be talking about Mama at that point. God damn it! Shut up! Probably or all of them right. at one point when they're digging when they're all digging it up and no one shuts up for fifteen minutes while they're digging a hole under the big W. Oh my god. I'm like, I've got to walk away. I'm full I, of anxiety. I have, a, I, w- I, have a, I have a story for after your story. Continue. Sorry. Yeah. Laun- continue oh. your laundry list. All right. So, well, so this is a laundry list. One you might have to get a timestamp ready for, but I okay, hold to on. say it anyways. <laughs> uh, I'll do it first so that you don't have to. So, are you, so you know that back in the day when you had to, to change out a film reel, there'd be a cigarette burn in the top left corner. So, you know, to change out the reel. Yes, yeah. And I think one reel of film is something ridiculous, like only like six and a half or eight minutes worth of film or something. Okay. Right? It's not long. Sure. So a movie this length, you have a ton of cans, right? A ton of reels to switch out. Right. Like an infinity. Okay. Infinity. So yeah. the first note I have is <clears throat> mark a timestamp. Oh, one second. <laughs> we got, uh, here, here we go. <laughs> oh, 40. Okay, go. This movie has more cigarette burns than... Clam doodle, humdinger, stem winders at the New York World Telegram and Sun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The build-up was too good for me to cut all the way out. Holy shit, that's funny, though. Uh, This is... uh, Most versions of Hamlet come in under this runtime. God damn. This movie has more endings than Return of the King. Has more mm. casual sexism than a Dennis Miller weekend update. Can we pause there? Because yeah. I had a huge problem with that in this fucking movie. We are going to talk about Straw Dogs tomorrow mm-hmm. when we talk about Duel. Because those movies are of a piece. Sure. We've talked about that sort of shit before. And like, you can do the thing where you're like, okay, this movie is brilliant and the sexism in it is part 
of its brilliance. It's it, it's displaying sexism. It's dismantling mm-hmm. sexism. Or it's a time capsule look at sexism from a very serious perspective just because that's what was going on at this time period. Right. This movie has none of those excuses no. to to bear the weight of the shit portrayals of women. Absolutely not. Pretty fucking disgusting. It's heinous. Every single woman in this movie, with maybe the exception of the fiance of Don. But Knox. no, because even at the end when she's looking and she discovers the W, she's like, maybe I could just dig it up and share it with Spencer Tracy. Then I could run away, away from my husband, away from my crazy mother, and just be alone and by myself. Maybe it's even enough money to live in a convent. Yeah. Is yeah. the... Uh, you had me until live in a convent. I'm like, oh, this woman, she can. Now, see, man, I, she hates her life. Maybe she can get money and go. Oh, awesome! But then she's like, her dream is to live in a convent. I actually liked that, and I the okay. reason is I looked at it. Sli- I I read it slightly differently. I don't think I think your your read is also is right or also right, depending on how you look right. at mine. But the way that I looked at that is she's been <clears throat> she's been watching what the mention of money has done to this group of people. Like they're 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 hijacking airplanes. They're crashing planes through stealing cars. Yeah, yeah, they're stealing cars. They've done millions of dollars in property damage. They've hurt people like she's seeing all this and she's like, I could take that money and I could I could get out of this mad, 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 mad world and not be part of it anymore. It's like a and also one of the things I love about when she's she's talking with the what the head investigator guy. Yeah, Spencer Tracy. Spencer Tracy's got some of that vibe too where he's like I could just get out of all this shit forever and I wouldn't he wants to retire. He's 97,000 years now, old. Now, of course, part there part of what he wants to escape from is his the two intensely shitty portrayals of women that are his wife and daughter who he just holds up two telephones like mouthpiece to mouthpiece earpiece to earpiece of them just what is that saying man that's horrible hysterical crying women i just can't be bothered oh god i wish i could but because that's what he's feeling i think that we can assume that that's partially what she's feeling too and i would postulate not to defend anything in this dumbass super stupid long movie with a lot of racism and sexism in it but I can kind of empathize with her wanting to just... I mean, dude, it's 2020. How many times have you been like, if I had 350K, the world would never see me again? Oh, yeah. I would get the fuck out of society, and I would take my four good friends with me. Find (laughs) find a yurt. (laughs) Right, right. Like, so, in a way, watching that... And you know what? Maybe this is me. Maybe this was my fatigued brain trying to grasp onto one positive female character in this film. But for whatever reason, I kind of like her. I like the fact that she doesn't get out of the car. The fact that mm-hmm. she looks disgustedly at Don Knotts when he's like, faster, faster, dig faster, and he looks at her. Oh, that's not Don Knotts. Though. Don Knotts only oh, has a brief. Yeah, it, yeah it's not um, Knotts. It's um, it's um, one of the other. Is it? hundred fucking people. Yeah, there's a billion people. Is it Jonathan Winters? It, her, no, it's it's Mer, Mil, Mervin, Mervin, her Milton husband. Burl? Milton Burl. Milton, God, I couldn't Sorry, back yeah. out. Marble, Milton Burl. Marlboro Burl. Um, Marlboro School. Marlboro. Um, but yeah, she looks over at her fiance, and he, and she's like, "Who the fuck are you?" You can see mm-hmm. it. It's a, it's a good little moment, man. There's, they're in here. Like I said, it's there's a great movie in here. It's just buried in the rest of the shit you don't need. You could yeah. cut a great movie out of this for I'm, sure. I would be interested to see like the reverse director's cut, where most directors cut pack on another 20, 22 right. minutes. 
and like trim an hour off of this and see how it runs. You don't even need to add anything. I, so anyway, but before I get too far away from it, I like that that female character because she he looks right back at the hole, even seeing that she's horrified, and he just keeps it muttering faster, faster. You know, it's yep. that's kind of fucked up. Um, so you can kind of see why she would be like. But then again, at the end, she's there. She's there with the rest of them. She doesn't sure walk is. away from it, you know. Um, but I liked that moment. It, and let's jump back back earlier on. There's uh, <laughs> there are funny jokes in here. There's funny performances in here. Mickey Rooney's bit with the uh, um, the old drunk guy out at the private air club when they when they go to get the airplane, right? Oh, with the millionaire from uh, Gilligan's Island. Yeah, that's right, Marge. Jim Backers, yeah. Jim Backers, yeah. yeah. Jim Backers. We just need another old fashioned. Just, old fashioned just push the button. Just push the button marked booze. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, dude, can do we agree that Jim Backus is maybe the best part of this movie? Like, the, uh, he's one of the few great things about this movie. Stunt, stunt work his aside, part, yeah. Because his his bit is the appropriate length for a bit. Correct. He is exactly the right amount of cameo. Perfect. He's he's on screen for about like. Six to eight minutes. He's Bill Murray in Zombieland. He's there yep. for exactly the right amount of time. He slays it. He has all the best lines and the best jokes. He's funny as shit. Jim Bacchus is hysterically funny. Yes, he is. Oh, yeah. Make it this time a little bit less ice. Well, you've already, you want another one? You've already had two. Oh, never <laughs> mind. Here, you take the stick. <laughs> I'll make it myself. Like, dude, turning over the plane to other people, The oh, one of my favorite things is when he wakes up blindingly, still drunk. He wakes up, like, still drunk, like, heading into hangover territory, and he goes, something happened to my eyes. I can't see. <laughs> and fucking Mickey Rooney goes, you can't see. He can't see. <laughs> and he does, he, like, <laughs> he does. does the Bacchus accent. Like, that. that is funny. This And that whole scene, that's that's why I liked earlier when you said you don't want to cut Mickey Rooney. Um, and I wish I could remember the other guy's name. He Buddy does have, Hackett. like, Buddy Hackett. So it's it's Mickey Rooney and Buddy Hackett. Their bits are really funny. Yeah, they are funny. Funny throughout. I'm just always waiting to get back to Mickey Rooney and Buddy Hackett. Right, they, the and part. they're the shit heels. That's another. Yeah. that is another problem I have with this movie is everybody's a shit heel. I have no POV character. I that's, have no hero. That's my, no, I'm like how. So even if we're gonna take a bet over like who gets the thing, like. Like, I don't. I don't have any. I don't give a shit about any of these people. I'm not rooting for any of no, them. They all suck. They all they suck. They all suck. And that, that's hard. Right. That's a hard ask. You can tell that. You can tell that the Mickey Rooney and Buddy Hackett characters are supposed to suck. So yes. they're the ones that when we see them, we're like, ah, it's our shit heels. These are our idiots. It's in Rat Race. It's the guy with the tongue piercing and his friend, yep. right? Like it's it's the yep. dudes that you're meant to not like because they're dumb. But then you have the Rowan Atkinson character that you're rooting for because he's just this goofy dude. Right, right. You have your everyman. There is no everyman here because every man in this movie fucking sucks and there are no actual women in this movie anywhere. Nope. The only women are, are just yelling, nagging stereotypes of what men right. think women are to Yelling, them. nagging, hysterical, ster hysterical stereotypes in need of a sedative or a slap. Yep. And one woman who's just doing the twist like a motherfucker. <laughs> God, I have it. no problems with that character. Nope. She's the strongest female character in this. Dude, her core? Yeah, of course she is. With just her abs, she could cut down trees. <laughs> She's the strongest female character in this. With that much urgency, I mean, it's like, 
Dude, you could light a cigarette off the heat being generated by her fucking abdominals in that scene. So, and and also, like, this, the Sylvester and Crazy Girlfriend character, they're just so fun and so weird and so out there that you give them a full pass despite their ridiculousness. I love, that's my favorite scene in the movie is the first time we meet Sylvester and Lady. Those are, da- those are David Lynch characters. Oh, yeah, man. In a fucking Stanley oh, Kramer movie. Like, to a God. thousand. I'm coming for you, mama. Like, just even him driving, sobbing in his car. He's Dennis Hopper in Blue Velvet. Like, Dude, he's sweating because he's coming down off of his fucking cocaine high, and he's like, <laughs> his body's rejecting his own liver. It's fucking incredible. Baby wants to fuck. Man, he looks Baby. like me going into my Sunday shift after a bender, man. That's horrible. <laughs> Oh, I have an alternative name uh, for this movie, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of a, it's a mad, 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 mad world, it's a bicker, 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 bicker shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it is a. Uh, it kind of. It kind of is that. Th- that's an. That's one of the other problems. There's. There are jokes spat like spattered on the face of this movie, but the majority of the shit that we're supposed to like be working with here is it's supposed to be funny because it's funny to watch people argue. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, maybe this is a flavor of the times. In 2020, we're all, I'm kind of sick of arguments. Arguments yeah, are not funny. Great point. Yeah, like, like this this hasn't aged well because like I don't the the two people arguing or a group of people bickering and right. arguing and yelling at each other. I'm like, no, too much. It's too real. Right. Too yes. real, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I just got off Twitter. Now I have to watch Twitter be acted out in front of me. Right. It's like the staged version of Twitter. You know, I don't want to fucking deal with that. Um, and he, okay, listen, look, there's got to be a reason that people like this, and I know that there are smart critics out there who dig this movie. I, and I know that some of you are saying, yes, but it's it's also a comment on the socioeconomic strategies of the time. It's in the '60s, you know, and we need to talk about economic policy, and it's all a metaphor for no, no, it's not. It, okay, maybe it is, but if it is, it is a wildly unsuccessful one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, because we're about to talk about an hour and a half long movie based on a short story written by a sci-fi horror author directed by Steven Spielberg for television, direct uh, uh, rated PG, that packs in 1,000 times more message and meaning into an hour and a half than this movie. Oh, by the way, with a cast of, like, two fucking people. (laughs) Well... If you count one of them as just a truck, it's one person with a cast of three truck. fucking people, you know, two right. people in a truck like, yeah. oh, my God. And then packs into duel what this movie could not manage to scrape off the bottom of its own fucking barrel of shit in three hours with a cast of only famous people. That is that is why I'm not going to give this movie. Oh, it's a brilliant sociological. It's yeah. not. It's not. It's a boring, bloated piece of shit is what it is. But with great stunts, beautifully shot, and a great score. <laughs> right. um, but, you know what the worst thing is? Like, okay, I just I know I just ripped into this movie pretty hard just now. But it's like you said, man. I would th- I would definitely put this movie on if I was not going to be watching it the whole time. If I was doing dishes, if I yep. was like, I'm cleaning the house, I might put this on again. If you're doing like a sleepy midday nap, if I was doing some like casual writing and wanted to have something on in the background, there's so many amazing stunts and so much genuinely funny physical comedy in this movie that I would probably put it on again. But I would never watch this movie again. 
ever. You want to be like, hey, guys, you want to come over for It's a Mad Mad World Party? Probably not. Probably not. But if you were like, do you guys want to come over and, like, smoke a fuck ton of weed and we're going to eat pizzas and we're going to have a game night going on and I'll throw on Mad 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 World in the background for, like, the stunts I, and shit? That sounds fucking awesome, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah, it's this is a wallpaper stunt reel. This is not a movie worth yeah. watching for sure. No, that man, that's a great way to to put that because this isn't a movie that I think I feel like you sit down and engage in right. for three hours. It's something you put on to ignore. Not in twenty twenty. Oh wait, wait, guys, guys, it's the it's the, it's the, it's the airplane. You got to see the airplane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude. Oh my god, it's the weird dancing people are on. Oh, this movie's crazy. Again, not not. Not taking away the good from this movie, which is there. There's about an hour and a half of amazing shit in this movie. I, without qualification. Totally. Hands down. This, this movie makes the Blues Brothers feel like a short. It do, It's long. It's way too long. <laughs> but like, <laughs> More unnecessary subplots. Have you ever seen the director's of Lost. Have you ever seen the director's cut of, of Blue, Blues Brothers? The, oh my god! The yeah. long one, the like, uh, the like, mad, 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 bl- the blues. The, la- the yeah. Landis cut is way too long. It's brutally long, but kind of like this movie. It's they just pack in more dance numbers and more stunts. More music, more stunts. Right. Which is funny because the other note that I have is you can't have a three-hour movie without at least a handful of song and dance numbers. Right. And that's the Blues Brothers, and that movie is too long. Yeah. And that's really good. Like the Blues Brothers, say what you will. That's some fun music. I love to, it. Yeah, Blues Brothers. The I think that the director's cut of Blues Brothers is a little bit too long. I have never seen the standard cut of Blues Brothers. I just bought. I bought it when I was younger, and I always went with director's cut shit because I wanted to see original visions. Absolutely. And that movie's brilliant. And Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi are fucking brilliant. That's a great movie, but it is a little bit too long. You can be a great movie and be a little bit too long for sure. This is not that. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, okay, some of the, so we've talked about the stunts. We've talked about some of the funny jokes. Mm-hmm. We have said, and I, I, we, I think we both agree, but let's just get it official on record. This movie is beautiful. It's beautifully shot. Incredible to look at, man. Okay. So like, this, if that's what it's got going for it, there's just nothing inside it at all. It's hollow. It's so hollow. And he, Here's one of the things it's getting I getting cannolis and they forgot to put the cream in it. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. So, have you ever seen the movie Sunset Boulevard? Uh, yeah, I've seen a couple different versions of it. Are you talking about the original? The old, yeah, the really old yeah. one. Yeah, I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you've seen Sunset Boulevard. This movie to me Go with me on this because I have like a thesis for this film. I have a really Ooh. complex feelings about this movie. I have been ripping on it. You've heard me, listener, just Hitting in this movie's eyes, but in a weird way, the 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 impeccable shooting, the Technicolor glamour, the 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 massive scale stunt work, the star-studded cast, all of these elements, to me, are holdovers of the previous age of Hollywood. This is made in '63. This this feels like. Bear with me. I gotta work no, this out I gotta, as I go. Like, but I, I see your wheels turning, and I'm I'm loving where you're going. But it's that. like this feels like a one last shot, one last sort of weak grab at at the sort of scale and glitter 
of the era that all of these cameos were at their peak during. This feels like this is going to sound intensely cruel, and I'm sorry about that, but this is this is how I feel about this movie. This feels like a bunch of people in a retirement home who all used to be in show business, right? They're not that old. I'm this. I, this is just the vibe that mm-hmm. I get. These obviously, like, dude, Buster Keaton's in his late 60s in this, and he is still spry as a motherfucker. I'm not saying I have any problem with, like, people being old. What I'm saying is this feels like a time that has passed, and suddenly all of the people that feel like they they all suddenly feel like they want to live in that time again and they got the band back together and they put out a double LP and this is it but that is that time is over this is not recapturable i hate the i hate this the the word that comes to mind is pathetic it the word that came to mind for me is hollow and sour oh i just it's uh the sour the sourness of it there's a there's a there is a malicious undertone to this movie. The some of the jokes are pretty mean. Some of the caric all of the caricatures are pretty mean. I was going to say all the the entire main cast are just mean. It's it it starts funny but the jokes get bitter as the movie goes on. The tone becomes bitter and they keep giving you sizzle. Look at the stunts and I look at the stunts. But and they're showing me the glitz. They're showing me the glam. They're showing me actors that I should look up. And they're they're intentionally trying to jam that nostalgia dopamine button in my brain. They're like, look, yeah. it's Don Knotts. Look, it's Jim Bacchus. Isn't he funny? Oh, don't you remember Andy Devine's fun voice from, oh, it's Jen. Hey there, John Wayne. Remember him? Remember him? Dopamine, dopamine. And I'm just like, it's guys, this is over. We don't yeah. make movies this way anymore. It's it's a bunch of like God. Okay, here, here I know this is again mean sounding, and I love these actors. We've seen other movies that have great ensemble casts that turn to shit just because they do. It's no one's. It's a bunch of people's fault. You want to? You mean no you want to see fault. how to do cameos? Well, watch the player. I mean, it, that's it's has beens, man. It's has beens trying to do their thing again. Ch- and I don't just I'm not talking about the actors. I'm talking about the people who who made the movie. I'm right. talking about the producers and the director. And yes, some of these actors, you know, it's like we're going to catch 1940s Hollywood glamour on a massive scale. But this is 63, man. We're heading into like Easy Rider. You know, we're heading into The Trip and, you know, we're small production companies. This is We're a, ramping up into big production company stuff with I mean Bond comes in at 64 65. Right, we're getting spy thrillers and we're getting yeah. we're we're about to start getting sm, like kind of smart sophisticated comedies. And I yeah. this feels like an homage to something that had just recently ended. So I'm if it had if more time had passed, this would be a loving homage a to wonderful, a wonderful like a little piece of nostalgia. Right. Yeah. This just but that time was so recent that this feels like a grab at the rope to keep your keep relevant, you know? And yeah. I just it didn't work at all for me. Um it ends up kind of more more flash than sizzle. And I, I think that some of that bitterness is knowing that this isn't gonna work. Right. You know, I feel like some of that mean spirited mean spirit in the the humor is like knowing that this is this is the alamo kind of and this will probably be the last stab and dude you know what we're 
this is my take. It's got 83% on fucking IMDb and it made $46 million. People dug it. This is some people's favorite movie. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. The the whole reason I knew, well, I was casually aware of this growing up. It wasn't like a regular watch, but one of the very first YouTubers that I ever followed was this dude named James Rolfe. He's better known as the angry video game nerd. Right. Hilarious stuff, sketch comedy, whatever. But this is his favorite movie and owns it on every platform like Laserdisc, whatever. (laughs) But we'll occasionally just talk about how wonderful this movie is. So I'm like, I was super stoked, like to to watch this because it's somebody that I follow. I don't know this person personally, right? But someone whose sense of humor that I've engaged with as a viewer over the course of the years was really interested to see what this was all about, given, you know, it's fandom. Right, right. Man, I was like, "Fuck, dude!" Yeah, <laughs> this is a hard watch, man. I feel, I feel like I just want to get on a Skype call with James Rolfe and be like, "We need to talk, man." Why? I'm not saying it's wrong for this to be your favorite movie. I'm just right. curious as to why. Right, and and I I know that I I feel like I haven't come at something this hard in a while. I, you know, like the we have a joke on the show that like I love everything. That's my dynamic, and we know right. that I love long shit, dude. Blue Blue's warmest color was my pick. Yeah. You know, I want to do we want to do a whole month on Andre Rublev. That was my idea too. I like really long movies. I love Buddy Hackett. I love Milton Berle. I love Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney even in this is great. Jim Backus, love him. Jonathan Winters, I think this is his first film. He eventually has an amazing career. I love Andy Devine in all that old John Wayne shit. Yeah. I am not coming after these actors. I'm coming after the people who gave them this to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I have my problem is with Stanley Kramer. My problem is with the editors of this. My problem is with the producers and executive producers in the studio that let this thing be what it is. Because there's enough good work in this that artists could have made a good film from this. There's there's meat here, and all those oh, people yeah. are doing their best, and the back end is just fucking them. That's how I feel about this movie. I love these actors. I know that I use terms like has-beens and like older generate. Forget all that. What I'm saying is they were made to look that way. Yeah. By really self-absorbed top level, the top-tier creative team that was putting it all together. This movie is one big producer note. It is. It's a hundred. Pr- it's like you know what people love car chases. Let's. Yep. Why don't we make this car chase longer? Oh, you no know what? Creatives pe- in the pitch room at all. Mm-mm. All just ad execs and fucking. This is what people want to see. I think. I, I think. I think really that it is that copy and paste thing. They're like, what are the best parts of all these weird, wacky comedies that people seem to like? They like this part and this part and this part. So let's put ten of those parts, each of them, in this movie back to back. Well, twenty of them. Let's put twenty. Se- and then you're watching twenty car chases, and you're like. Yep. I needed three. I needed three really bu- dude. Watching, watch. Well, I mean, it's not him, but watching the Buddy Hackett character stuntman hang on a door of a taxi as it. That was one of the wildest fucking stunts in the entire movie, dude. Bonkers. Danielle about shit. Bo- She's like, "That's a dead man." It's in the trailer, and Bird and I both watching the trailer. Bird and I both screamed in our living room as they like whip that dude around the corner. We're like, "Oh, he's dead! Oh my god!" Yeah, it's a dude. It's a killer stunt. It's a killer stunt. It's a great scene in this movie you know what i'm gonna like it's not a good movie as it stands but it's there's a good movie in it man i'm telling you like i watched it so wild right right. it's like so we earlier you were talking about the scene where everyone's digging you know and they're all digging and they're all screaming and blah 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 i'll be real that part by the time i got to that part in the movie it's like midnight 
right? Yeah. Like heading into midnight. I'm like kind of stoned and I was fucking around on my phone, right? So I'm playing on my phone. I'm scrolling Instagram. I send my brother a text while the movie's playing. Usually I pause it, but I kind of was letting it roll because this movie is forever. Because there was nothing new. So yeah, happened. but that's the yeah. thing, dude. I, I start playing on my phone at like, say like 1145. I looked back up at like 1205 and they were still in the park, still at the hole, still digging up the money. I had not missed anything, and I hadn't, I'd missed like 20 minutes of the movie. Not 20, like 15. I'd missed like 15 minutes of the movie, and nothing had changed. I was like, I'm not even going to rewind. Nothing happened that I need to see. Now we're nope. just like jacking off at the end of this thing. What the fuck is going on? And then I paused it to go and get some like water and take a piss, and there was still half an hour left in the movie. I'm like, what? They're, they're at the money. This is the money. Isn't that wild? Yeah, the same sort of thing happened to me last night when I was finishing this up. I'm like, all right, they're at the money. How much time have we got left? And I and I hit the timestamp. I'm like, I've got 30 minutes left of this movie. It's 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 mind boggling. You see that number and you're like, someone fucked up. <laughs> no shit. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought. I'm like, somebody <laughs> fucked up. Like it becomes somebody so somewhere obvious. Forgot to edit something. Did they cut like, it or were they like, we got the film? Put it out. You know, like, did they just they ran mash out of time the dailies? <laughs> I don't know. Listener, if you, this is like your favorite movie. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, if this is your favorite movie, engage with this, man. Yes. Like, tell us why we're us a wrong. Text, an email, whatever. To, not why we're wrong, necessarily, because we are clearly right. But <laughs> <laughs> objectively, listener, well, we I are think this correct. This would be a super fun conversation to have because I legitimately am curious, like, why is this your favorite movie? I'm too. I, I'm too. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a, there's a, there's an aspect of this. There's a, a whole subplot that I think we could do away with. Remember when we watched the Pink Angels? Yeah. That great movie that's like cost a thousand dollars to make. That's yep. funnier and better than this. Um, I don't know why I keep just stabbing. Fucking <laughs> mad, mad world. Really do. Um, right. no, it's okay. It's okay. Like again, I'm telling you, dude. I'll watch this movie. Will play in my house again a couple times. Yep. Just not with me like paying attention to it. <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> but uh, no. Um, you remember in the Pink Angels how they kept cutting back to like the general Colonel character, and he didn't seem to be a part of the plot at all. Yeah. And then they use that to like head fuck you at the end of the movie when all of a sudden spoilers if you haven't seen the pink angels it's a great biker flick i'm gonna give you three seconds the ending is actually worth it you should watch this movie three two one and then the general hangs the entire cast at the end and it blows your fucking mind and you're like that's why he was here the whole time oh my god this movie to me you could literally cut the investigation entirely out of this film. You, if you pull, God damn it! Yep, I have that same note. You pull Spencer Tracy's bit out of this. Yep. You clean up about thirty-eight minutes worth of shit. Yeah. And it doesn't change anything. Nothing. Nothing at all changes. Pretty much. You cut. If you cut the whole like, oh, they're being monitored. Don't let them know they're being monitored. Why do they need to be monitored? Why is that important at all? Then it doesn't matter if nothing is going to happen. If you're going to leave them in the basement of the of the shopping center then it doesn't matter if you're watching them 
Right. None of that matters. If it doesn't matter, why are we seeing it? Right. Why are we talking right. about is it? Right. Is that, oh, we're supposed to be like, this is why we're seeing this, is we're, we're with the team that's monitoring them. Well, there's no one monitoring them in the basement, so that's where that falls apart. So why are the cops here? Well, they're tracking down the money, too. Why? They're not in any of the stunt reels. They're not active players in this at all. They're just boring parts that are stuffed in every 10 minutes for so 10 minutes Spencer at a time. So Tracy can be the Joker in the deck that nobody expected, and it just doesn't really it doesn't play because they don't matter because they no. like look we're watching stunt reels we're see give me some undercover cops trying to keep up with these fuckers put them right. in the stunts you put spencer in a car at the beginning with everybody else then i give a shit right but but they're no one they're not active players they're just like they're like 45 minutes of this movie that doesn't need to be in this movie because it does it, it adds nothing and it takes nothing away if you remove it that's, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because he doesn't get the money. If he got the money and got away scot-free at the then, end, roll credits, then I'm like, all right. I still don't applaud, but then I see why he's in the movie. Yeah. You know, like, then he's, he has a reason to be there. He's the guy who exactly. gets the money, but he doesn't get the money. No. He's just there. He's just there to be a put-upon man heckled by two shrieking hysterical women who loses out in the end anyway. He's there. He's there to be a cameo. Because he, yeah. someone owed him a favor or something. I don't know, man. And again, nothing against this guy, but why is he in this movie? Like, what, what are we doing? <laughs> uh, um, one character that I kind I I kind of did like the whole way through is Colonel Algernon Hawthorne. He's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, the English. Everyone keeps giving him shit about being English. Right, right. And his whole speech about I don't understand this country's infant. In- infantile fascination with bosoms you know like his that was pretty funny the bosom speech is funny him kind of like fighting back and forth with uh you know is is no that's not it's not don knots that with him it's the the fiance right it's the yeah that's milton burl yeah it's milton burl's with him i don't know i like in my head i make everybody that's don knots yeah, yeah. Good, just, I'll show you, Andy. yeah just because i can see him doing all of the lines you know he's just like are you talking? Are you talking bad about America? You know. Yep. But no, yeah, like their bits are pretty funny, and then you introduce mom, and all their bits cease to be funny because she is so irritating. Mm. And the There's worst part, Ethel Merman. Yeah, and that's the that's you like you said at the beginning. That's the joke. Is she's an irritating woman? That's why we're laughing at her character. She's not saying funny stuff. She's just being like, look how stupid women are. That's the joke. It's infuriating. And she's just loud, and nothing that she says <sighs> really, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no, there is no content because she is noise. Yeah, you know, like just we can't noise. even, we can't even find lines to do for her because it's only like, you're just like your father. Your penis is a small one. Like that's who she is. Mm-hmm. Oh. You never know how to drive right. I told you you should drive right. That's this. You never go back to the things that you should do. Oh my God! It's just, oh, it's so. Unbearable. And then she slips on the banana peel, yeah. Like she slips on a banana peel. Right. And again, like, maybe what we should have done with this... No, I'm glad we did it this way. Like, because what this movie wants you to do is talk about the stunt reel. What this movie wants the viewers to do is go and be like, you have to see how many times they fly an airplane through a tight space. Again, we're not taking anything away from the stunts. They're killer. But... Too many people have done that for too long, and that's how this movie gets 83% on fucking IMDb. It's because no one's talking about all of the stuff in there that is not the stunt reel, which is, you know what? Nothing. There's nothing Mm -hmm. in this movie but the stunt reel. If it's not a stunt reel, I'm like, oh my gosh, I I recognize that person. 
Right. Yeah, it's it's cameos. And I'm uh, anyway, look, that's kind of all I really have of substance for this movie. Um, the fireman's ladder stunt at the end again, like you got to shout the stunts out because, look, we we always support stuntmen yep. and a lot of stuntmen worked on this and a lot of stuntmen did the the best work I've seen in certain categories in this movie. That fire that fireman's ladder escape stunt thing is awesome. The yeah. fire escape, people hanging and dangling off that. I even like the dummies when the when the like dummies the, are really cool. I mean, it's clear that they're dummies, but how they how they're shot. Yeah, and when they're falling towards camera from it's a right it's, it gives a really surreal, weird feel. Some of to it, it, some of it, I is, dig it. Yeah, that whole sequence. One of the things I liked about it is how many people or how many um, techniques went into it. There's miniatures, there's composite shots, there's stunt work, there are dummies, there's real falls. Like that whole sequence. Again, who, the stunt coordinators and the stunt people on this, impeccable, unimpeachably good. So that I will not even couch that with an insult towards this movie. I won't take anything away from the stunts and spectacle. Because that's what this film is. It does it very well, totally. But, but, uh, but outside of that, there's you know. So, um, that's pretty that, much it. That is pretty much all I have for uh, it's a mad, 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 mad world. Honestly, unless you're way into stunts or you want to watch it to see what we're talking about, and if you agree with us, if you're just like curious whether you should watch this movie, I say give it a pass. I don't think mm-hmm. that its remake is any good either, really, Rat Race. But if you want to watch this movie, Rat Race will give you the whole story with some of the stunt work in less than half the time. Yeah. So. Absolutely. You know, if you and did, it's got Rowan Atkinson in it. And it's so. got Rowan Atkinson in it. So, you know, like, <laughs> it's got that going for it. Um, so that's it. Thank you, listeners, for hanging hanging in there with us. Do you have anything else on this? Would you recommend this uh, movie just casually to people? I, no. I don't think I would. No, I don't think it would. Unless you're homesick with no, I wouldn't even like. Unless this is already in wheelhouse, there's no. I don't know. No, well, I, I I stand by this wallpaper stunt reel. If you got clean, yeah. if you got cleaning to do and you want to see some wild stunts and occasionally see some funny people who you recognize from older movies, unless you are watching it that way, this is not worth your attention. I really don't think it is. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's fair. I think I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you on that, bud. All right. So we are a listener-supported podcast. If you like what we do, if you li- if you disagree with us but like the level of intensity that we bring to our analysis of <laughs> your shows, of our takedowns of your darlings, yeah, sure. um, head on over to Patreon.com. Uh, it's Patreon.com slash Quillenfilm, Q-U-I-L-L-A-N-D-F-I-L-M. You can get uh, full-length bonus episodes. There's a lot of Halloween movies and a lot of Harry Potter over there, Deadpool, um, funny games, lots of great shit. Um, again, full length, you're getting hour and a half, two hour episodes, same level of intensity. <laughs> um, Sometimes more so because it's on Patreon. That's true. On Patreon, we really go hard in the paint because we don't have to worry about frightening anyone away from us. Um, you also get shout outs on the show. They sound a little something like this. We would love so much to thank Brian Jackson, Connor Sweeney, Daniele Hartelli, David Rowney, Jeffrey Morgan, Casey Scheibe, Kelly and Mike Wagner, Kevin Ramirez, Sarah Hartley, William Rockwood, Cassandra, and Cynthia Van Manen. Thank you all so much. Um, you you are the real. You are the real heroes. Real oh my God! Here. Yeah, oh, we, yeah. We they all we're gonna get some stunt stand-in patrons for you, um, for the dangerous <laughs> patron months. Exactly. 
We appreciate the hell out of you guys. You have, uh, you're part of, you're a big part of the reason that we're still in front of these microphones. A new reason that I'm in front of this microphone is Carl. You pointed out we have a listener in Scotland. Yeah, we do. I checked that He's message the- and responded to it the other day. It's super cool. Um, yeah, he like he noted a bunch of artwork from our discussion on Midsummer or something like that. Right. Or yeah, when we were talking, we were talking about the opening paintings in Midsummer. Yeah. And in the episode, I had mentioned that they looked sort of like. Um, Oh God, uh, uh, Bosch. They, I, I mm-hmm. compared them to Hieronymus Bosch's in the Garden of Earthly Delights, and our Scottish listener reached out and said, "I personally think that they're a little bit more influenced by this artist Bruegel, Pieter uh, Bruegel. He's a famous Flemish painter. Um, Sylvia Plath mentions him in a poem in Bruegel's Panorama of Smoke and Slaughter, but um, uh, he pointed that out. I looked at the work. I got interested in Bruegel and checked out a book from the library on Bruegel. But That's like, incredible. Yeah, but like we had a listener reach out and be like, I know a bit about art. Let me make you sound smarter. So um, op- take a look at uh, Bruegel's, some of Bruegel's more pastoral paintings. They're, he is, I think he's right. <laughs> it definitely looks more Flemish than, than Boschian. Um, also, oh man, I had one other thing that I wanted to say, but I can't remember what the fuck it was. Well, we'll get it next time. Drop us yeah. a line at measuringflixpodcast at gmail.com and stay tuned because next week, or actually tomorrow, we are going yeah, right. to we are going to be talking about a much better fucking car chase movie. Holy shit. It's Steven Spielberg's <laughs> first film made for TV. Yeah, weird, right? Uh duel. Yeah, it is. This is this is before Sugarland Express or any of that shit, man. I'll, I'll tell you right now, listeners, it's quarantine times. If you've got the night free, it's an hour and a half. If you've got someone if you got a loved one and a bowl of popcorn. Snuggle up and watch this shit tonight and be ready for us to talk about it tomorrow because goddamn, <laughs> this is worth a watch. It's fun as hell. Super tense. Awesome car chases. All right. We love you all. We will talk to you next time. Um, bye-bye. Bye bye.